as a young woman, as a woman from Afghanistan, as an athlete, uh, it's my priority to never give up. As I think the priority number one is girls' education, right? Schools needs to open for girls to continue their education because education is the most important fact for all human being, especially for women. Secondly, we could push with international government support, especially US government, most powerful country in the world, to just give this opportunity back to the women in Afghanistan to open the soccer ground. They need to deal with the Taliban, with the current uh, people that they're in power in Afghanistan. We need to kind of negotiate, argue with the current government uh, to just let the girls at least go to school and, and continue their practices at least because they're just kind of separated to the different countries. And I'm about uh, getting uh, getting in a conversation level with the FIFA Women World Cup next week to just share this idea. At least we need to just target a country to just continue Afghanistan national soccer players practices every maybe if seasonable, just for one season, for two months, everybody should attend their practices. Then they will be able to join the competitions, right? And, and the international level. And, and this is my idea. Hi, I'm Chris Whiteout. Welcome to Living It, the podcast where we join experts in the experience of being human. Be bold. Say yes to adventure. Say yes to living it. Welcome to Chris Whiteout, Living It, where we talk with experts in the experience of being human. Sometimes that human part is rising above the situation that you've been in. Today, we have Kauser Amin, who was on the women's national team, the women's national soccer team in Afghanistan. She also is now the founder and CEO of Women's Solidarity for Peace and Leadership Global and is starting a soccer academy that Women's Solidarity for Peace and Leadership Global started with a Save Afghan Women campaign and actually helped get some of the present women's national team to Australia where they're continuing to compete. And then also is a program coordinator and spokesperson on women's issues at Roots of Peace. And we're gonna learn a whole lot more about that, but can we take a step back? First, Kauser, we've got to welcome you. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Chris. Good, good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Global greeting. So I'm 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 Kauser Amini. Um, as you mentioned, I just want to uh, uh, say like a little bit deeper about my background and myself. Just introduce myself very shortly. So um, I'm Kauser Amini, former national soccer player in Afghanistan national soccer team. And as you mentioned, I'm founder and CEO of my foundation, Women's Solidarity for Peace and Leadership, and also Amini Soccer Academy. And I'm very honored today you invite me today in your very very cool and amazing podcast and i'm very uh, honored to just share my experience and and, and it's really such a honor you just helped me to just uh to bring up my my wife through a social media platform no this is this is absolutely awesome now one of the questions is soccer is something that was transformative for you but you knew when you were a little girl that you wanted to be a professional soccer player what was the situation that made you imagine that the world could be different through sport? Of course, Chris. And myself, personally, my experience as an athlete, 
being professional soccer player just changed my whole life. And I, I was not expecting that much from myself uh, before I was not athlete, right? And when I was like little and about five and five and a half and six, uh, um, me and my sister, both of us played in Afghanistan national soccer team. Actually, uh, we, we both have like the same background. Uh, we were both playing soccer at home with the little mini tiny ball. And sometimes if we never had a ball, me and my sister was trying to uh, scroll something like making like a ball circle and just trying to play with each other one day my mother realized that hey these two girls are like interested in playing soccer maybe my mom's come to me and my sister and because my sister is like two years older than me and uh and, and she was like a little bit mature than me and my mom has come and asked both of us like hey do you guys love playing soccer we call football in afghanistan and i asked my mother like what is football and my sister said, like, this is the football that we're playing, right? Right now, because I wasn't watching the, the, the matches. I was not familiar with the games and all our stuff, you know? And my mother said, like, yeah, this is football that you're playing and you love. And I know you both love playing soccer or football. And, and I said, like, yes, we would love to. And we just continue playing with ourselves, with my brother at home, like with, with the friends and the relatives and cousins, like just kind of fun. But once we grow up, and uh, I start joining first grade and second grade, my mother enrolled both of us to the uh, school soccer team. And we both did very well. And one day our coach from school, she came like head of sport department, actually. She came and asked both of us like, hey, Kausar and Khatra, do you both wanna just join the tournament in, in Kabul capital, you know? And do you wanna select for Afghanistan national soccer team? I was in the second grade. And, and my sister was like in fourth grade. And I was saying like, yeah, sure, why not? When is that tournament? And she said like, it's about one week. So you need to be well prepared. You, didn't, you don't need to be very professional, but, but I see like you both are like playing very with, with passion, you know? And I like your passion and I see a lot of uh, inspiring thing inside you both. And, and, I, I, and I just confirmed that the tournament with my sister, with our cook, the teacher, head of the tournament, when we just went to home, we just asked our mother, my mom, could you just take us to the ground, to the tournament, which is in this location? And, it's, and we just explained everything for her. My mother said, like, yeah, sure, why not? But we, we, you both need to be prepared. You need, both need to have, like, professional soccer clothes, like uh, shoes or whatever stuff, because your safety is, like, more important. We just went to the bazaar with my mom to the shopping. We just bought some local uh, soccer dress. And I still remember that my dress and I still have that dress with me. And we just went and purchased a soccer uniform and we just attained a tournament. And luckily the head of Olympic for Afghanistan, Mr. Jigdalek was uh, the head of Olympic for Afghanistan and head of uh, USOC Afghanistan Soccer Federation, Mr. Kramadin Karim, just uh, select me and my sister with the rest of the girls for the Afghanistan national soccer team practices. And, and I was so happy on that moment. And I was so happy because it was like for two reasons. For, for one reason, I was not really understand what am I trying to do. And secondly, I was so surprised because I was not expecting to play, play a national team in a very early age, you know, because in Afghanistan with the cultural, 
Uh, people are like not allowing their young girls to go and play in the ground because they say they're young enough, you need to get married, their body parts will be visible for the people, for the folks, for the audience, which is not allowed in Islam. So a lot of issues. And that's why Afghanistan national soccer team has been made of very young girls. It, but I, to be honest, it's it's really funny experience for me. Whenever we were trying to uh, went for some uh, outside overseas games, maybe in Bangladesh or in Qatar, Pakistan, everybody was like watching at us, and everybody was saying like, "Oh, your national team, you're looking so young." And we were trying to explain this scenario, this culture issue for everyone, but uh, and somehow we felt like so good because we were the one to open the door for the rest to walk in. We fight through a lot of issues challenge. I know for me as a personal experience inside my home with my mother, it was really good environment that she was really supporting us, me and my sister. But with the people's reaction, society's reaction, it was very nervousing and very disappointing for me and for my sister. I mentioned in one of my interview that I, I, I still remember that I was trying to hide my soccer uniform and my back because nobody else could see that I'm playing soccer. Because for me as a woman from Afghanistan, it was not a really good impact and also not really good position to just announce or say like a like in a proud moment that I'm playing soccer because people will get will, will get like in a will put you in a bad situation with bad comments. How much has changed for you at that point because because first of all you had you know because because you're young you said you were second grade and you were on yes. the national team the so second grade on the national team and but then that had changed that women were actually playing soccer or playing football right and that it was it was at least accepted enough that you had a game had a team how much had that changed especially like since your mother's generation Yes. So with my mother generation, to be honest, when she's trying to say her, her, her own personal experience while, while she was so young, Afghanistan wasn't like this, right? And she, they had their freedom. My mother was like, when she's showing us their picture, I'm saying like, oh, mommy, you, you were in Afghanistan? She's like, yeah, well, why not? Before Afghanistan, before 30 years was like totally different Afghanistan. But while this, this the Taliban regimes come, the war just happened in Afghanistan, everything just messed up. And it was just a transfer of power and, and pure, less, less culture, pure transformation for Afghanistan. And, and at that time, I know it was, it was like, everything's among me, my mother and my sister. Nobody else doesn't know that you're playing soccer because, as I mentioned before, we were not able to share this experience with everyone, even for our with our close family and relatives that we're playing soccer. Because everybody was saying like, oh, they're young enough, why they're not getting married? It's not so good to play soccer because even they think if the girls play soccer, they're not virgin. And I was, and, and this issue was like really sensitive issue in Afghanistan, and and it's still it's it's a lot big issue for, with women's uh, in Afghanistan. And we just continue. We just kept to hide because when when like CNN, BBC, a lot of famous news channels was like trying to uh, visit Afghanistan national soccer team, uh, women's soccer team, and and Shajra Kabul to just have an interview with the player. Everybody was trying to hide, and nobody was ready to to give the interview because everybody was like scared of their background, right? Their safety. 
And a and gentleman just one day came from Humil and they asked like, hey, we are just supporting Afghanistan national soccer team for providing like some equipment, dress and all their stuff. So, but we need two to three interviews from Afghanistan national soccer uh, team players. And our coaches looked at everyone and he said like, who's ready to give the interview? And nobody just raised up their hands because everybody was like really scared of their safety. And everybody was not really well ready to just talk in front of media and share their experience. And somehow I feel so disappointed that why women are like on that stage in a country, like they're not able to at least share their words. Even they don't have like freedom of speech. We're not doing anything wrong. We're just playing soccer. Why communities are like not accepting us as a human, as a woman, right? And and when, when nobody just respond, the journalist just looked and he said like, oh, okay, instead of video interview, we could do the audio. But with the audio, even a lot of us have had issue because of spreading our name to everywhere. And he just coded our name like, hey, a, a national soccer player and, and about 12 years old or 10 years old, she's having a statement about women's soccer, like this, blah, blah. And he never mentioned our names because it was very hard for everyone to just accept the rest. But this is a huge responsibility for a 10 or 12 year old, right? Just to just to have the ability to communicate what's going on in your situation, what's going on with your team, what your aspirations might be. I mean, there's so much going on that as a 10 or, 10 or 12 year old are, are really hard, but then with the potential repercussions mm -hmm. of saying something that might not go over well with, with the establishment, that's a lot of responsibility for a young kid, isn't it? I mean, it's, how, how hard was that for you? So if you want me to explain, I can't explain in words because every, everything was like inside my heart, right? <clears throat> and it was a very heavy and huge uh, amount of words always inside my heart that it was not able to come out, you know? And sometimes me and my sister was like thinking to each other, like, why it's happening with women's? And I was always having conversation with my mother, like, how could we change the society? And she was the only one to supporting us. And somehow, sometime the men's and my family, like my, my father and my brother was like trying to not really be supportive for me and my sister because they, they were, they, they never had any other chance, right? Because whenever they were just going outside the home, the people were like having the bad comments. They're, they're trying to somehow protect us, right? From the bad community and environment reaction. I know they're, 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 they were not able in that time to support us very much, but I'm very glad that my mother, dad, she really supported us like in our life. And that's why I'm here today in this stage as a founder and CEO and national, I could say I have honored to play in Afghanistan national soccer team. To You could imagine like if, if my mother never allowed us to go and play in soccer ground, I never could expect change in my life. I never could be this culture ceremony that I'm today. Right. And I'm very glad that my mother, just as a woman, because she experienced and she she really understand our pain as a as a woman, as a young girl, because she has already suffered those all uh, experience, you know, from those all experience. And I'm very glad to really support us. 
but with the with the community reaction with the little little kids like we we, we weren't like young enough we were like kind of teenagers almost teenagers but with the because the people's community expectation were like uh, uh, overload for us like and we were not able to kind of meet their expectation and it was kind of not really safe for us to to argue to fight because we were very young enough so now when i'm 29 years old and i'm about celebrating my 30 30 years old birthday next year on february i'm capable to fight for the women's right because i understand i have the enough knowledge uh, how women feel in a community like in Afghanistan. And I'm very glad that I'm capable. I may not be able to change all women's life in Afghanistan, but at least I could bring their words in a social media and a, and a, and, and a screen, right? Uh, in front of the media to just talk behalf of them. I may able to change hundred thousands other cultural media's life that they're living in Afghanistan in danger, but I don't want them to have the same experience as I did. I just want to share a very uh, good, I could, I could say good or bad experience, but uh, based on my judgment, it was very disappointing experience for me because every twice a week, we had our practice in Afghanistan, um, uh, uh, Shashrak uh, ground, which is used military ground with the behind of use uh, embassy in Kabul because that location was like really safe for girls to play soccer because they had a very high walls of security with the security cameras with use army was like almost around as, and it was helicopter ground, a military base. And I hurt my legs a lot. And whenever I just went home, my mother was my father were like asking, what happened to you? Why you're not walking normally? And I was saying like, because I hit my leg. And my father said like, because you're playing in a um, army helicopter ground, which is not safe, you know? And it's not really flat ground that have a lot of bumpy areas. And that's why you're hitting your legs always. And even those hard times and a lot of challenges and issue never to stop me because I had this always in my mind that it's okay if I'm suffering a lot of issues and a lot of uh, discrimination against me as a woman, but I want to fight for the rest that there is still behind me. And they're looking for the bright future, for the light, for the sun like me, as I dreamed when I was little one, you know? And, and yeah, this was like, Totally, totally. When what I'm, I'm, I'm every week actually uh, every Wednesday I'm going to Redwood City, a Bay Girls soccer team, and I'm joining their practices every week in Bay Area. And when I'm watching those girls that they are playing with a lot of opportunity, a lot of equipment, a lot of facilities, and I feel like oh, we never had this facility. Even we played in Afghanistan national soccer team. And somehow I feel so good for these girls players, youth soccer players. But in somehow I could compare myself as a began women with these girls that how we went through or how we suffered through these old challenges and how fighter we were, right? To be honest, sometimes when I'm just sharing my life experience with, with some of my friend, I have a friend of mine, she lives in France and she's writer for um, Unlimited Journalists, uh, 24 Channel News of France. And when I'm just talking about my life, she's saying like, oh, Kausar, how fighter you are, how strong you are. Your bone is so strong because you're just explaining your life chapter for me that I could imagine only. And I can just like think like how you went through. And hopefully she's launching a book about my and my sister's life on January. 
it will be a life about women's uh, from Afghanistan and also transmission of power from last year, a little bit highlight. And, and she, because she just listened to me and she just trying to bring this all the stories of me and my sister's life and I just in a book, right? Everybody should know about women's reality uh, and women's real stories from Afghanistan. And, and it's very hard for me to just talk about like uh, my 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 past and background but it somehow is really uh, I feel so good because I feel empty when I'm talking about my background and my my challenges and my life story but in somehow I really feel good like you and some of my friends that they're really trying to support me to bring my out words out and it's I feel so good and it's a really, it's real advocacy work for women's. And if you're not listening to me, if not you're valuing to my whys, who should? How does the change happen, right? Because you were playing soccer and, and you had the opportunity, while you didn't have the facilities, you had the opportunity to play. Now they, they don't have the opportunity in Afghanistan to play soccer anymore. The women don't, right? The younger team is based in Portugal. The senior women's team is based in Australia. How do you affect that kind of change, especially when the family can get punished for you trying to affect the change? And particularly, it sounds like it sounds like the men in the family are charged with keeping the women in line, right? So, so your brother, your father, could potentially get fired or or you know have, have fines or or a variety of different things like that how, how do you affect because it's a delicate balance right how do you affect the change does it have to happen on a governmental level in Afghanistan is it a matter of getting people out of Afghanistan is it is it getting the national teams these opportunities to play internationally? How do, how do you affect that change and keep people keep people safe and continuing to grow and continuing to give them opportunities? It's a very good question. Like uh, I just faced this question many times. And as a young woman, as a woman from Afghanistan, as an athlete, uh, it's my priority to never give up. And I know right now the situation in the ground in Afghanistan not really uh, ready for the girls to go back to the ground, but it wasn't the same from 2005 to 2010 in Afghanistan. It was a lot of progress, you know, to be honest. In 2012, when we were playing soccer and I was young enough, the teenager, and I saw like there was a lot of changes around us. Like media could come, women could play openly. We had our friendly match with boys and just in an Olympic area and uh, underage boys like. 12, 10 years old. So that sounds like a big deal. Yeah, that sounds like a big deal. Right. But it was a lot changed happened since 2005 to 2010. And I can't compare those all changes. And women could join the tournaments and different leagues, national uh, competition, local competition. They could just clap. They could yell. They could scream. They could just support. But there was a lot of changes. And when I was uh, watching those changes on a TV screen, I felt so good with myself. And I was thinking like that, hey, you did it. We did it as a first national player. And 
Based on current situation in Afghanistan, I don't much expect a lot for women's because as I think the priority number one is girls' education, right? Schools needs to open for girls to continue their education because education is the most important fact for all human beings, especially for women's. Secondly, we could push with international government support, especially US government, most powerful country in the world, to just give this opportunity back to the women's in Afghanistan to open the soccer ground, right? They need to deal with the Taliban, with the current uh, people that they're in power in Afghanistan, with, uh, the, through the arguments, through the conversation, right? They could just give this opportunity for the girls, at least if they could practice separately from the boys. Uh, maybe in a different location with high uh, high volume of security nobody could uh, see the girls or not really visible at the media the channel news channel but at least you need to start up from somewhere like to just continue this fight because if they're not they're not able to uh, save these all achievements since uh, from 2005 to 2010 and now we are in 2022 everything's will be destroyed i think we need to kind of negotiate argue with the current government uh, to just let the girls at least go to school and, and continue their practices at least because they're just kind of separated to the different countries. We could just target one country maybe and, and, and middle, middle Asia or maybe in, in some European country by support of international uh, organizations like FIFA, uh, like any, any uh, AFC, like uh, Asian uh, Soccer Foundation. They need to just facilitate this opportunity for the girls from national level to just come together at least to a safest country to continue their education. Sorry, to continue their soccer, because if they're not, they will, the world will be forget about Afghanistan national soccer players, right? Because we did a lot. We just had a lot of achievement and movement since 2005. And this is my personal idea I'm just thinking of. And I'm about uh, getting, uh, getting in a conversation level with the FIFA Women World Cup next week to just share this idea. At least we need to just target a country to just continue Afghanistan national soccer players practices every maybe if seasonable, just for one season, for two months, everybody should attend their practices. Then they will be able to join the competitions, right? And, and the international level. And, and this is my idea. But with, with the current situation in Afghanistan, I don't much expect, but I don't want to be really negative about the situation in Afghanistan, but I want to be positive, but it have a reason, right? Because everyone's uh, as a human being have a reason and they're alive for doing something. And I have the reason why I'm, I'm being very positive about the future, because I believe in Afghanistan and Afghan young generation and women's because I see with the flow of evacuation last year, about 7,000 well-educated, talented Afghan women has been evacuated from Afghanistan. They just kind of disappeared from their family, but they're now in Washington, DC. And I'm creating this circle of women's that they recently evacuated from Afghanistan to just share their words out what we really need to work on it. That's why I'll build up this women's, solid, uh, women's uh, uh, Solidarity for Peace and Leadership Foundation to just gather this women's idea, their, 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 their needs, right? To just change the world. And it is not possible just for, uh, I, I, it's not possible I could just bring the change just only by myself, 
but we could just make this happen if we all comes together from different nation, different country, different stories, and different inspiring personalities could change this uh, world and uh, maybe we, we could make uh, peace on that land in Afghanistan. And I'm very positive, I guess, with the conversation which is ongoing in Qatar, and Uzbekistan among Taliban and, and US government and some uh, Afghan women's, uh, the special representative from uh, US government, Rita and, uh, and uh, Amiri, she's speaking on behalf of all Afghan women on that conversation. I'm very positive about this movement, but hopefully we could achieve and hand, out, hand over a very good uh, uh, result at the end. Yeah, so, so looking at that, because one of the issues right now in Afghanistan for women is that that a lot of them have lost their jobs, right? That, that they've essentially been barred from going to their jobs or they're getting much less pay. And, and so you've lost a lot of the talent, a lot of the experience in these women who have been in their positions for, for a long time. Is this part of part of where you're going? Like with, with sport, you can show some of the some of the visible capability of the of the athletes, of the women as athletes and then help that to demonstrate the need the desire within i mean you've got to build a bridge effectively right in order to in order to get this conversation going because it sounds like the economy in afghanistan is is having a challenge as a result to of of losing a lot of the women of losing a lot of the the employment you're also involved in uh, in in roots uh, roots for for peace, right? Roots of peace, yeah. And and farming is is a part of that. So what? So the mission of roots of peace is is mines to vines, right? So this is going from the mines being the war part of it to vines being being growing that you can you can export whether it's fruit or vegetables or or whatever it is. How much how much of an effect can something like that have on on a society that is that is closed in terms of tradition, mm -hmm. in, in terms of religious, re, it's religious, it's it's traditional, it's religious. And, you know, and, and it's a threat in a lot of ways. Right. The, the, the women with with more power have more of a threat. So how do we reconcile all of all of these things? Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, based on current situation in Afghanistan, as you mentioned, uh, the economy, economy system is totally broke down because the NGOs has been closed out. People just thousand people has been lost their job. Even they they work with the national uh, sectors or international organizations. The list of them has been evacuated, but all some of them are like still remaining without any job and status. Because I'm actively in conversation with Afghan women back in Afghanistan that they're in the ground. I having like called to be honest every night from a Pacific time around twelve to three. P.A.M. Pacific time, San Francisco time in Afghanistan in the ground. I'm just listening to people's stories. And I have uh, hearing a lot of experience from women back in Afghanistan that their women's were like the only source of income for their families. When the regime changed, the women just lost their job. And now who could feed the family? with the children, mother, senior mother, father, but no man was there at that family to work. 
to, for God's sake. The economy situation is like truly break out. And even people are like trying to burn their bodies because of poverty, you know? And I know, I'm, I'm sure you you all has been um, here. Like a form of suicide, is that what you're saying? Like yes. And in and, and a Kabul, in a capital, a man three months ago in a, an intersection in front of everyone, it's called debris intersection. He burned his, himself in front of his seven years old girl. Mm. And I can't imagine how hard is that situation for a father or for a daughter to see his father is burning himself. Yeah. And I can say something like, really tragedy than this. Yeah. And I guess words needs to get back to Afghanistan situation. The people are like suffering from poverty. The women are like not able to feed their children. They're innocent people. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, every night after this conversation, when I'm going to my bed, I'm not able to breathe. Yeah. Sure. I'm because sure. this is this is not I'm from Afghanistan. This is because I'm human. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, and I can feel the same feeling for the rest of the human in this world. Please release the monies back to Afghanistan. Get people back to their jobs. Otherwise, this innocent people will kill or die from, from hunger. And I had the conversation last night with a mother. She worked with international organization with IOM. I'm not able to just provide her name, but she's really well expert woman. She's waiting for her visa to just uh, leave the country, but I don't know what's happening with the with the, her visa status. She have a three kids. She just divorced it from his husband, and she's still suffering a lot from his husband family plus versus poverty he, she doesn't have money to feed her children and thousand thousand other centers and stories like happening in afghanistan but we all need to come together to help the country like because uh, some of my friends like saying like oh ukrainian people are like also suffering the same situation as women are like doing in current situation in afghanistan and i i really want to hug my ukrainian sister that they suffered a lot they raped from militaries. They has been also suffering discrimination, a lot of issues. But Afghan women are like suffering this everything since 35 years. And they never get tired. They're still breathing. They still have a strong bone to fight. How How is your story different? How were you able to get out and, and be in a position where you might be able to affect a greater change. Uh, because I, I, as I mentioned before, I start up this idea of changing Afghan women's life since last year, exactly. But how were you able to get out of Afghanistan? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because my husband was working with the U.S. military and NATO for more than six years. 
as a professional video editor because he's having his video production in, in San Francisco Bay Area. He's working as a freelance and doing some video other stuff for, for different companies. And in Afghanistan, he worked with UN United, UN Habitat, UN Women, Counterpart, World Region, a lot of uh, expert brands in Afghanistan. And he was making a video on the ground from different provinces. But in the meantime, he was employed with the NATO ISAF resolute support and he worked for seven years so on 2017 we applied for a special immigrant visa which is siv and we got qualified to to apply for this program and we got our visa after two years of two years of processes and we got our visa at early 2019 me and my husband and my daughter has been evacuated or just we just immigrant to the u.s and we just sort up our life from there but before even in Afghanistan, I was not only involved in kind of athlete um, or, or sport activity, being athlete, uh, we, I will, because me and my sister were studying political science in American University of Afghanistan. And I founded Women Leadership Club and Women's Soccer Club. Even you can imagine on that time that all the students' uh, reaction, especially men's, was like saying like, oh, this is Women Leadership Club, what they want to really do. They want to really change people's mentality and it's not going to happen. And, and a lot of positive and negative reactions from a student inside the campus. And even- As a result of starting this club, were you a target? I mean, were people threatened and you were targeted or- no, no, it was not target, but I was, I'm talking about the people's reaction, the students' reaction. You know, you know the well, their reaction were you as a result of being the leader of this thing of this yes. club. Were you then, you know, were, were they looking at you as a threat, and and so were, were you in in jeopardy, and, and so were you a target in that respect that they were looking at you saying, we've got to we've got to eliminate this voice. Yeah which is a threatening voice. Yes, of course, because, and somehow they never believe in women's powers, women's wise, voices never respect. But me personally and my sister and our whole team, we just built up this women a leadership club in American University of Afghanistan. We never gave up. We just continued this club and we had a lot of powerful speeches from different uh, women's leaders from different countries. We just inviting every week. We were having each uh, invitation and, and different topic. They were just speaking in different topics. And also we found that women's soccer club. And I still remember when we were playing soccer inside the gymnasium in American University of Afghanistan, a lot of our professors, US professors, was like trying to clap on us, trying to yell and trying to say, hey, good job, you're doing well, wow. And trying to support us by th their positive reaction and positive words. But then somehow when I was trying to compare this US or sorry, like foreigner, uh, expectation plus versus our own community expectation and reaction, it was totally different. And this is always pull, pulling off uh, women's and their community when they're seeing like negative reaction from their own community. And it, just, it is very important. And, and, and also, as you mentioned, uh, I just started from there, uh, holding up the leadership as a young woman and also trying to involve women in as four sectors and also in education leadership and this is how i bring uh, today with that with a general and a very big idea women's solidarity for peace and leadership
And that's why I'm trying to just support this foundation and just trying to have my own foundation. And I'm very glad that I have very helpful, uh, very kind US friends now in the United States of America that I'm, I'm capable to just lead my foundation. They has been really supportive for me and past four years of my journey in US. They're really trying to push myself and trying to share uh, or spread my inspiring journey as Afghan women to support my foundation and to support the rest of women that they're in need and back in ground in Afghanistan. And this is very important. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really important and it happens both locally and then, and then globally, right? And, and so you're looking at it more on the global side, being here in the U.S. right now, trying to, trying to impress people in in the U.S. to to help and and find find the right way in, the right way into to affecting that change and and to helping helping the women. How much does does Roots for Peace? How much is the, is that organization? So you're a program director there, right? How much is uh, a program coordinator? How much are you able to do there? Because that's an organization that's been around for a long time. And how did you how did you meet the woman who is the CEO of of Roots? It's it's a very 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 good uh, question, uh, Chris, and very good memory for me. So an experience uh, as I was in two thousand and five. Uh, we met with a um, uh, former state secretary there, respectful Condoleezza Rice. Uh, she visited Afghanistan national soccer team and Afghanistan International Airport. And Heidi Kuhn, the founder and CEO of Roots of Peace, uh, she took us to the airport to welcome state secretary Condoleezza Rice with the ambassador, Mr. Zalmay Khalilzad. And on that time, I remember I remember a very powerful and strong uh, comments or words from uh, a State Secretary Condoleezza Rice. She said, "You are very young, all of you, and I wish for you all a very successful life with a lot of achievement. And look at you all; you're very strong women, and you're able to change your country. But just remember one word: never give up." I always remember, and I'm kind of, you know, saved this word in my mind since 2005 when she was in Afghanistan International Airport. From that time, we start up, Heidi Kuhn started up supporting us as a national players. She tried to facilitate uh, her uh, NGO's uh, soccer ground to Afghanistan national soccer players every once a week. Uh, we were visiting her uh, headquarters, NGO, Roots of Peace, and Kabul to just continue our soccer practices. And his husband, Gary Kuhn, was our coach because he's a soccer player and he's very passionate about soccer. And I remember he was facilitating her ground. He was preparing the food for us every week. Once a week after our practices, we were having then, sorry, evening or like kind of lunch, later lunch on her NGO. And after that, he was trying to drop each of us on our doors. He had the transportation, food, ground, and all other stuff because she's a humanitarian. And she had that uh, the, the kindness and she she saw a passion inside every each of us 
and she was really supportive supportive for us and I could call her my US mother even she had my US mother because whenever I'm hugging her I'm having like different uh, feeling for her because she, I grew with her but the scenario how I reunited with her since 2000 maybe since 2010 uh, with, with, with a lot of changes that happened in Afghanistan national soccer team, we just stopped the girls, girls soccer playing soccer practices on her uh, NGO. And because Olympic was trying to kind of support girls much better and trying to provide another extra hours of training for girls national players. And kind of we just transfer from Ruth Sophie's going to every week's practice on her ground. We just trying to transfer to the Olympic ground. So and since 2010, I was not able to meet her. And then somehow we kind of despaired because she was trying to stay a lot in U.S. then Afghanistan because of the security reason or situation. But she was really a lot in and out of US to Afghanistan, but and, and somehow we we're not able to meet a lot. But since 2010, I was like trying to kind of lost it, my connection either in some, and, and for a different reason with the Heidi Kuhn. But last year, my husband just came home one day and he was saying like, hey, I'm shooting a video for a Heidi Kuhn, founder and CEO of Roots of Me's on her backyard tomorrow on 15th August, 2021. Do you know Heidi Kuhn? Because she had a very deep root in Afghanistan and she's, she knew a lot of women in Afghanistan. You may know her. And I was saying like, hey, hey, stop. You're talking about Heidi Kuhn, the founder CEO of Roots of Peace. And this is her logo of her NGO. And she, he said like, yes. I just requested my husband, just talk me there. I want to meet Heidi. I know she did not invite me because she don't meet, she don't know that I'm your wife. And my husband say like, oh, it might be a very big surprise for her. He just took me there in her backyard on August 50th. She was busy planting uh, uh, flowers with the rest of the kids on her backyard because she was hosting an event for peace. I just shaked her uh, shoulder and I was saying like, hey, Heidi, do you remember me? He just looked at me and she have a very strong memory. She say like, oh, you're cousin mini soccer player, little soccer player. And I say like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting you could remember me because I changed a lot. I was little one. It's just, you know, face and skin and, and age transmission. And I was not expecting you could uh, remember me. She said like, I, I can because you all are like my daughter. She only have one daughter, uh, Kylie Kuhn. And she's in Guatemala operating her mother business. And she said, like, I, I don't have one daughter. I have one U.S. daughter and 10 Afghan daughter. And you're one of them. How could I do not remember you? And I was saying, like, oh, my gosh. And we just started from there. And later that day, I got a call from Afghanistan that Kabul's falls. And I was in shock. And I was not able even to hold my hands, was like shaking. And I was not able to fall control to my, Taliban. yeah, fall to the Taliban. Because provinces was like falling back to back, but I was not imagining or expecting that capital will be fall very soon after the 24th provinces. And Heidi just came and said like, Kausar, you need to be strong. Just, 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 you need to be strong for your family, that your children, your husband, your own family and your rest of the family. And, and we will we figure out together. You're not alone. I'm behind you. 
And we just started from there. That's why I just built that Save the Girls, uh, the Afghan Girls. And this the mission for this campaign was Save Girls Education in Afghanistan, actually, because I I immediately just had this idea in my mind if the Taliban regime gets the power uh, control of the power in Afghanistan, they will they're stopping girls education, and it just happened because I know they always has been the history just tell uh, tell me that they they never been angry with the girls education, girls freedom, girl women's rights, and all their stuff. And that's why I just started that campaign from Heidi Kuhn's home backyard. And this campaign got very viral. And I had a lot of interviews with local international news channels. And I had like my voice out to the media as an athlete, professional athlete and women rights activist in the safest country like United States of America. And uh, on this, on that moment, um, nothing was trying to risk me because I was safe in the U.S. and I was trying to think for the rest of the women that they're right now in the ground in Afghanistan with, with a lot of issues. This campaign got very viral. After getting very viral, viral words get out and I was always mentioning to, to the uh, different uh, source and news channels that we need to save uh, athletes women from Afghanistan. We need to save athlete women from Afghanistan because their life is in high risk. And that's why this words could change 45 national players uh, from Afghanistan's life. And they just evacuated to Australia. And the rest that they're uh, evacuated recently in some European country in Spain or Brazil. And the evacuation process is ongoing with the athletes. And I can, um, I'm not able to just mention her name, but it's a very, very talented and expert woman from Afghanistan, Afghanistan that I know her. She's also in Bay Area. Uh, she's helping uh, these women to evacuate to some European country. And she have 120 peoples less she provided to the France government and also Germany government to evacuate it very soon. And I'm very happy with this all opportunity because we all could change something by saying our words out and uh, uh, and sharing your ideas always, uh, bringing out your words up always. It's very important, but it really depends to the situation. I could compare myself 20, 22 years before. I was not capable to talk in front of media 20 years before because I was not in a safe situation. But now I feel so grateful that I'm in the U.S., I'm safe, I could fight for the rest of the women's life. And I will never give up. This fight is just continue. This is not actually fight. We're trying to bring a change. We're change maker. You change maker from a country like Afghanistan, mm -hmm. right? And we're trying to bring a change. We will do that definitely with each other's support. Drip, drip is ocean. And I always believe on this. If we all comes together, we will be capable to change something. It's interesting because you were talking about your campaign and helping some of the athletes to come out, to get out of Afghanistan to a place that was safe. And the women's national team is in Australia and the, and the younger national team is in Portugal right now. But, you know, the getting to the airport, which was closed, and then finally getting a flight out and not necessarily knowing that they were going to get a flight out. And then finally getting a flight out, there was huge cheers mm -hmm. with, with all the athletes that it was like, okay, it's finally happened. We're out. We're going to be free. We're, we're going to be free of the risk. But at the same time, 
it was that double-edged part, right? That they were they were getting out and they were going to be free. They weren't worried about being persecuted, but at the same time, they were leaving Afghanistan. That's part of the conflict, isn't it? In 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 leaving your home, but then is there still a desire for you to return home to return to a better Afghanistan? Of course, definitely. And I was in, in a speak with one of my friends last week and she was asking me, hey, Kausar, are you, do you ever imagine you, you will be able to go back to Afghanistan one day? And I just said like, hey, look at me. She worked for US military. I say, hey, you were, we've been involved in Afghanistan evacuation process and you have been involved in US government in a special project to Afghanistan. You know much better than me, but, I, as Afghan woman, I always dream to go back to my country. Even someone could secure my life. Today, I am able, I'm willing to go back to my country tomorrow to help the rest of the women. Even I can wait for a long. But somebody needs to secure my life because I am not able to go right now to save the rest of the women's life. Because I want to just, I know, Immigration process and refugees are like having different stories. All immigrant and refugee have a reason for leaving their lands. And I am one of them because of this lack of security and a lot of risks for my husband's life and myself as an athlete, my husband as a translator, interpreter, or co-worker for the US government. It was a high volume of risk for our life. This was the number one reason I left my country. Otherwise, I was struggling with a lot of issues as I did before, and I was ready to accept that all challenges. But in somehow I was thinking what my husband died. Like I have, I have two years old daughter, mm. and if I'm not able to save her life, what happened? I will be trashed, right? Because I have two years old daughter, and I see a lot of change and movement and inspiring thing inside her, and I want her to be the woman or a girl from Afghanistan to change the rest of the girl's life. And I can leave her in a danger. And that's why we decided to leave the country. For sure, it's not really easy for me to leave my country and my family and my loved one. But still, this fight could give me a lot of energy, power to think for a bright future for Afghanistan. And I know those girls that they left the country the national prayer to Australia, to Portugal, they're still looking to reunite it with their families because mm -hmm. they still left their country, their families back in Afghanistan. They left their country, their everything. You know, I still remember my soccer ground in Afghanistan when I was walking and I was kicking the ball and I really missed, I deeply missed those all moments. I wish I could be capable to go back to my country and help uh, the, my country's people and my my my, my country from my uh, women from my country to just uh, involved and in back in some leadership programs development programs and I want the help and support from international organization and, and governments to just pay attention a little bit to the Afghanistan economy situation because if the economy situation rebuilt rehealed we will have everybody back to their country right I know and also. Peace is not possible without the economy. If the economy situation is like breakout, nobody will be capable to bring peace on that land. Because I see a crime level is like high 
crazy right now in Afghanistan. People are like selling their mother because of money. Can you imagine this, uh, Chris? No. I just heard this news last week and I was shocking in my bed in the morning. Two Afghan men are like trying to sell their mother because of many poverty. I, a senior mother, you know, if you're not able to stop this poverty, not able to build this economy situation, we will be hearing a lot of danger scenarios, scenarios than, than today, right? Because people are like not able to fit their own self because there's no job, there's no money, there's no development. And of course, there's a few inter, uh, international organizations are like still helping some Afghan families and Roots of Peace is also one of them. They has been helped the Paktia earthquake uh, disaster like in three months ago, they helped around 55 to 100 families with some immediate food assistance. Uh, blankets, some some immediate uh, the, the assistant like dress, blanket, a uh, very local bed and other stuff and shelter for them to live. But there's the rest of them are like because of because of security situation, they're not capable to get back to the ground in Afghanistan. Even they have hold of a lot of money, but but because the US government are like not releasing money back to Afghanistan because of the some politic uh, issue. And also the organizations are like not able to send their funds back to the ground. And the people are like suffering from hunger, poverty. And a lot of things are like happening in Afghanistan. Not only women's are like in a, a pressed up with all these issues. Everybody, men's, women's, kids, children's, everyone's. But we just need to, first of all, be really careful of building the economy situation back in Afghanistan, then peace, then we will negotiate about the girls and women's life, you know, because poverty is a priority, number one, for me personally, because people are like dying from hunger. You can't do anything when you're hungry. This is part of your mother's philosophy, right? Yes. What was her philosophy? She, she was always mentioning that if you have the passion, right? I She was trying to narrative this word of passion to the hunger because she said like, if you have a passion of like playing soccer, but the situation is not ready yet for you as a woman to walk into the ground, what happened? And the poverty is the same scenario. If you're hungry, you don't have any food to eat. So what happened? Right. You have the oxygen in the air. You have a very beautiful country like in Afghanistan with the very organic fruits, very uh, honest, kind people. But if you don't have a security, food and freedom, what happened? It will kill you inside your body, right? And I deeply understand the people's feeling right now in Afghanistan. They have everything, God given everything but they're not able to access on it. It's something that it's holding on their bodies, not able, capable to do anything. Like putting a, a, a bird in a, in a you know, fence or something and they're not able to fly. Right. And that's why my brand, Women's Solidarity for Peace and Leadership logo is made of two wings because my mother always mentioned like, if someone cut that cut off your wings 
then you will be not able to fly. And that's why I have this wing in my logo. Nobody else could be able to cut my wings again to, to, to not let me to fly. And I'm that much powerful now. I'm not letting anyone to cut my wing as Afghan woman. And I will fly. And she also said that that you need to take care of yourself first, right? So that you can help yes. other people to ensure that you're safe so that you can help other people. And so this is this is the path that you're on right now, which obviously you've you've lived so much and you've seen so much, but but to try to affect that change. And obviously your 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 relationship with Heidi Kuhn is something that's that's really helpful too to to continue to grow and, and grow off of that. What's 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 on the immediate horizon for you? The immediate horizon, as I mentioned, is economy. Mm -hmm. And it was not only, I just want to um, uh, just mention and add some more word on this sentence. Heidi Kuhn is uh, really support me in my background back in Afghanistan and also in the U.S. But I want to really thank a very dearest friend of mine, my very new friend, Joanne Pisternak. She's philanthropist and I really love her and respect her. She really listened to me as an athlete and she promised me that, hey, I am able to change your life and I will support you with whenever you need anything, just get back to me. And I'm very able and very happy that she is helping me, supporting me a lot with building my foundation. And that she is the one that she supported me that how I built WSPL. And last year on April, I met her on AthleteWise event. Before that, we were in an ongoing conversation. And when I met her in person, she said like, you will be able to change something else because I could read and imagine and I could read these all everything's passions in your mind and your face, right? I could read that easily. And I'm very glad she really helped me. And some other uh, friend of mine, um, I, I, I don't have the list right now, but there's a lot of friend of mine that they really support me right now. Currently, they're supporting me to move forward. But she was the only one she gave me the reason to build this foundation, WSPL, because she saw, she, she saw that passion on me. And she's willing to help me and continue her, her, her help and support. I know if she's, if she's watching me right now, I want to just say thank you so much, Joanne, for doing a lot of things for me. Yes, Joanne Pasternak, who's a mutual friend of ours and Athletes Voices is, yes. is something that they're trying to This is the, She was the reason I met you. Yes. Right? Exactly. And your story really inspired my daughter. And she's always looking at your picture with my, my with my daughter, and she, she's saying like, "Oh my gosh, when we were able to meet Chris back." <laughs> and I was saying like, "Oh my gosh, okay, we will one day." <laughs> well, hopefully in November, we'll see. Hopefully. But thank you for for all of the work that you're continuing to do. I know that it is a that it's a difficult situation, and and that you have to approach it in a variety of different ways in order to be successful and. You're, you're gaining such a such an amazing network that is that is going to be really helpful too. So thank you for for living living the change that you want to see. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for helping me to bring my words out in loud. And this really helped me because I'm not that Kaus Romania I was 20 years before. Now I can speak 
and I can fight for freedom of my speech and for the rest of the women. And thank you so much for supporting me and inviting me in your very amazing talk. And I really enjoyed this conversation and hopefully I could meet you soon sometime and, and have a wonderful day, Chris. And I wanna just say a, a very last message for all of my audience or someone that they're watching this uh, video or this show, please, please support women's and women's rights. It doesn't matter where they are related, to which country, to which race, to which gender. Just women's solidarity could change everything. Drip, drip is ocean. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kaiser. Uh, and thank you to all of you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. I hope that you've had a great time. The greatest gift you can give us is to tell your friends. Tell your friends to tune in. Please like us. Please follow us. And we'll come back with another great show next week. Thank you all. See you soon. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to Chris White Living It for more stories on the adaptive community, the Paralympics, artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, experts in the experience of being human. Also follow us on Spotify, Apple, Facebook, and Instagram. I look forward to seeing you next week.